Well, I know that things are different than they were in Daddy's day, but I still believe what makes a man really hasn't changed. You've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. You've got to be your own man, not a puppet on a string. Never compromise what's right and uphold your family name. You've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Ain't that the truth, Anna? <laughs> ain't, ain't that the truth? Indeed. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you kindly, Manny. It's been, a, it's been a little while since we've had you on this show. A month and a half, maybe? Yeah, and uh, it was an interesting conversation we had with you at first. Indeed and, it was. And uh, there's been, as you were mentioning, as we were just off mic, uh, a lot of interesting things Things have been going on in your life. Definitely. We want to get a little bit of a recap as much as you can recap. Um, be, but before we get into that, I actually want to do a quick shout out to Fabio and uh, FBN there. So he's a trim carpenter here in Toronto and I'm wearing his tee today. And I want to talk about a situation that came up. Someone emailed me, uh, Matthew Purvis from Quebec. Uh, he actually brought this email and uh, sent me the link and everything, and it's it's fitting for what we're going to talk about today. Um, and he just says, you often touch on issues with uh, cowboy contractors, uns- un- unlicensed workers, and lack of real inspections in, first in place of uh, phone call inspections. Similar problems in Quebec, I'm afraid, but please keep the message loud and proud. So he sent me the link, which was to a uh, Montreal Gazette story, which wasn't really front page or, you know, like it wasn't a priority. But he says, this week in an old Montreal, a fire destroyed a historic building being used as an illegal Airbnb. Many units in the building had one entry exit and even lacked windows. At this point, over a dozen people are injured and another half dozen presumed dead. Stories have surfaced of people calling their loved ones in their last moments. In my opinion, that these illegal short-term rental operations both contribute to the housing crisis, but by snapping up real estate, that has been zoned for use for locals and undermine the actual skilled labor due to their fly-by-night nature. In any case, it's a national story, but if you felt inclined to bring it up on the show, of course I will. It's a talking point and uh, where our industry is going. And I've always been, thank you, Matt, for bringing that up, uh, IBEW Local 568. Um, I get the Airbnb business people. They look at the units, they crunch the numbers, they go, we can make X amount of dollars if you pack all these sheep into this space, but they never discuss the safety. Nope. Like, and, and their their thought process, I guess, if something bad happens, then we can figure it out that way, right? Isn't that what insurance is for? <laughs> I mean, but insurance I'm, I'm being affects, facetious, of yeah, course. Yeah, but it, it infects all, like, all of us, right? Of course that, it that's, does. That's, that's the Trickle-down effect, right? So, like, this is, people died people sick and and because you decided instead of making 10 units you know you you made 20 units and you made 20 units unsafe instead of making 10 units safe (laughs) right and then there wouldn't have been any deaths they wouldn't have been any injuries right so as a business person just wake up seriously like wake up before you start crunching these numbers and going we're going to make a killing well you are literally making a killing well said you know i mean that's that's the sad truth of it and then you don't get a lot of airplay because it's not a big enough story i guess right how sad is that but i mean dying's not a big enough story we were talking about that how it's just like lots of things happen lots of things and i was mentioning to it was a a decade ago or whatever new york all the cranes were falling it was almost on a weekly basis a crane would drop and you're like okay well what's Where's the safety procedures <laughs> attached to that? Especially for something as enormous as a crane. Yeah. And like you're hauling material and, oh. you're, and you've got life still going on around everything. Yeah. 
and you got to work. We get it. It's dangerous. Like we're doing construction while world is still going on around us. So we still have to be conscious of that, right? I think there's a huge gap especially with regards to crane safety. Now, some job sites, of course, are run very well by quality supers yes. with quality operators. We're not talking about those. We're not talking about those, and they are not the norm anymore. Um, so just, just recently in Oakville, uh, one of the job sites in Oakville, they had, so they were, they were rigging the load. They didn't do it properly. They began the lift. The load dropped, hit the person on the deck, broke his leg. They didn't even shut the site down. They just kept on working. Isn't that mandatory that you got to shut it down? <laughs> it's supposed to be. As per Ministry of Labor? It's supposed to be. All they did was close down the little area around the crane and kept the rest of the site completely operational. So did a minister or did an agent of the Ministry of Labor actually show up that day, that moment? I don't know. I'm going to assume they did because literally that's their entire... Well, that's the first thing you're supposed to do. There's exactly. an injury on site. You have to make that phone call. You have to. You can't, you can't figure out how to not make that phone call. Well, they, they try that, too. I, I Honestly, I remember an incident many years ago. It was a roofer. It was, was in residential. And there was a roofer, and he was up on the roof. He wasn't tied off. He lost his footing, and he fell. And he landed, unfortunately, on his hammer and really hurt himself badly. Oh. In the time it took for the call to be made and the ambulance and the police to show up, his foreman strapped him in safety harness so that he wouldn't get fined when the MOL showed up. This happens all the time. And, of course, he hurt the person worse by jiggling his body around waiting. Like, it's just, it's just but it awful. But also, the, like, he could have really hurt him oh, yeah. because he, he's not a medically nope. inclined individual. He cared more about not getting in trouble because he didn't have his people working safely. And it comes back on the super, comes back on the foreman. I mean, that's the deal these days, right? This is why so many people who are good at their jobs will not take a foreman position in, this, un, in, in uh, Ontario anymore. You can get sued as the foreman, right? So if your people get hurt on work, it's your fault. Well, how ridiculous is that? Personally speaking? Yeah. The, the foreman on the job is responsible for all of his men. And if his men get hurt, they can charge and sue the foreman. That's why nobody in our industry will do the job. So how do they protect themselves at that point? You can't. Because you're being told by upper management that you've got to get this scope done, completed, scheduled, whatever, and it, they don't factor in people getting hurt Absolutely or, or causes of potential injuries. They don't even factor in the weather, right? They just come at you and say, oh my gosh, we're a week behind, fix it. But it's been snowing for a week and your building is open. What do you want me to are do? Are we that replaceable, Anna? Like that, are we are, to the point, okay, so he got hurt, he's replaced within the hour kind of mentality. It seems to be, although we know that that is not an accurate statement to make. Nobody there can are, make that statement because well, then you're speaking the truth. We don't even have enough regulated, qualified people to do the work as it stands today. Okay, so what's the Ministry of Labor doing about this? Because <laughs> I know that on the media, he's been... Arguing about bathrooms for females. <laughs> when I saw that headline, I literally threw stuff at the Wasn't TV. Wasn't that a joke? It like, said, we're going to make the bathrooms more inclusive. That was the original headline on the news. We're going to make the bathrooms more inclusive. Out of the list of problems when it comes to labor in construction, we're talking about construction because I know that they handle all segments, right? But when it comes to construction, the list of problems, <laughs> that's the priority? Seriously. It's embarrassing. It's I'm not, straight I'm not, up embarrassing. I'm not dismissing that we need to have proper facilities for both sexes. I'm not dismissing that. I'm saying that that should just be a norm. That's like we're breathing. That's right? all it is. But there's far greater problems to be addressing. Definitely. And is it a conflict in the ministers or that organization 
because they're being scratched by big builders to not even bring this up. I got to say 100% yes. That's my thought. It's the only thing that makes any sense. Because you can't be turning a blind eye to these bigger problems than having proper facilities on a job site. Yeah, we do. Every single day. Because the truth of it is, Anna, you tell me, I mean, if that minister actually started speaking against all these things that were going on where people were being injured and things are not being done properly and you're hiding fines and all this other crap, they're going to be... He's out. He's out. 100%. They will be out. Yep. Just like the good inspectors. Any inspector that actually calls on the builder and asks them to properly stand up and do their job properly just gets fired. It is really, really, really far down the hole at this point. It's ugly in every in every respect. Now, is it is it is it a termination or is it a um, how do I say this without I guess um, getting my own knock on the door, um, or is it a, a suggestion that you don't speak about these things? Well, so for me, they just turfed me right off the site. You talk too much, you make too much problems, you're out of here. So that's right? how we solve you as a problem. That's how they solved me as a problem, right? When I spoke out against the, the safety issues on the job site I was working on, they just got rid of me. Isn't it a crazy idea, Anna, that why not fix the problems? Well, and is this is the part talk? that makes no sense. Yeah. All of us who work in construction go to work every day knowing that we work in a dangerous situation. It is. However... Not for one moment do I go to work thinking that I'm going to die while I'm there. No one in construction should be having that thought ever. There should be so many things in place to prevent accidents on the job site, and all they care about is safety vest and hard hat. Right? You can drive a forklift through the underground at 50 kilometers an hour. Nobody cares, but oh my goodness, you're not wearing your hard hat. You're fine. Get off my job site. It's absurd. That's like, that's just mandatory you should be focusing on the bigger picture here and honestly if the person at work doesn't i I, well i don't know the whole hard hat thing kind of makes me laugh a a little bit you know you're walking down the aisle of a building that has a roof on it okay there's a ceiling above you there's no machines there's no people but if you don't have your hard hat on you get a fine and i said one day i'm holding it in my hand that's just in case you know elephants come crashing through the ceiling i need something to scoop it up with and put it in the garbage like for heaven's sakes Right? I'm not saying that hard hats are not important. Of course they are. All no, but PD there's is common important. sense. Common sense. Stop complaining about the... like, And the, the safety people on site, it's all they want to talk about. Like the safety reps, they will beat you every day for your hard hat and your safety vest. Wouldn't you want to talk about if you're walking around the site? First of all, walk around the site and not necessarily look at the workforce. But how about walk around the site and to see if there's major cracks okay. in concrete? May, like there's crumbling going mm-hmm. on or if there's pooling of water or there's forming that's not properly secured or safety rails that are not properly secured why not pay attention to those details instead of hard hat less details honestly i don't know if it's the safety reps themselves who are told this is your purview stay within it don't ruffle any feathers don't cause any waves that would be my suspicion okay so what's the actual mandate of the ministry of labor it's to protect us it's supposed to be to protect the worker. The worker, yeah. So the not worker the builders. Is in a, no, it's not. <laughs> not the money train. Well, the that's, that's the funny thing is that you get a lot of programs in Canada because I only want to speak about Canada because I don't know too much about it in the U.S. or other countries. But you get a lot of programs that are designed to protect an entity, but they forget about it. 
not only that, so what they've done now is they have put so much onus onto the worker. So we're trained and, and, and safetyed up the butt, right? Like we have yeah. fall arrest and all these other trainings. Tailgate talks, and they're excellent, toolbox, excellent, everything. excellent yes. things to do. Yes. But the real long and short of that is to put the onus back on us. So now if we get hurt on a job site and say it's something we fell off a ladder, just for an example, the ministry can now turn around and say, well, but you've been trained. I've taught you six ways from Sunday how to properly walk up a ladder. If you fell off the ladder, whose fault is that really? So that now is affecting the WSIB portion of a workman's safety. This is a tangled, ugly web from where I sit, <laughs> and there is no protection left and for workers. And it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. It really has. Now, throw on top of that, so I, I looked into this a little bit after our last chat, uh, because somebody reached out to me and was said, you know, what about the College of Trades? What about the College of Trades? What about it? And I said, well, yeah, what about it, indeed? <laughs> so do you know there has not been a single, not one deficiency written under a single trade to a single person in the entire college since 2018? That would be the year our illustrious premier was elected. And since he took office, there has been no inspections performed by the College of Trades on Construction Sites in Ontario, period. Not one. If they're performing, okay, so I'll rephrase. There has not been one deficiency written. Written. So maybe they're showing up, but so if they are showing up, they're not, they're not catching anybody and they're not doing anything. So you're saying in four years, four plus years, everything's perfect? Exactly. According to the College no of Trades, it's perfect. perfect. There's no way. So we're all still paying. But you know, I had to renew my license in August. Still have not received my ticket. Like you get a sticker and a, and yeah. a thing, right? Yeah. They haven't bothered sending it to me in the mail yet since August. This is the College of Trades hard at work. And I mean, there were no issues when it was just the, the C of Q and it was Ministry of Labor was in charge of that. Things were much better. Yeah. Right? We paid less money to be part of it. Our rights were far greater protected. Now, since the college has come in, the tripled in price to pay your dues every year, and nothing. So why can't we hold the builders accountable? Why can't we get the people that are protecting us to go after them? Well, I think we should really, really try. How do we do that? Well, so there are some interesting things afoot. <laughs> um, but, you know, a really good example. So I think, honestly, this is going to come back on the individual homeowners to start making some noise about the stuff that they're buying, right? So for an example, you know how unbelievable construction has been on the north side of Dundas and Oakville. Yeah. Would you be surprised to hear that there is a massive rat infestation everywhere north of Dundas? Um, really? Yes, really. And I'm not talking little bits. I'm talking a massive rat infestation through that entire, the whole neighborhood, all of it. There's two reasons for and it. And everyone in the neighborhood, the communities, they must be talking oh, about Oh, they this. are talking. This is why I know. Because that right? area of the city, that you'd be talking about if the leaves turn color too soon or something like that. Like, well, know. there's a lot going on on the north side of Dundas. It's not just well, the so rats. Where there's are other the rats stuff. coming? Well, so it's two things. One, everything happened much too quickly on the north side of Dundas. Okay. Right? From the, from the first shovel to the first inhabitant felt like 30 days, okay? Yeah. Now, you can't take that much space, that much ground, move that many animals, and not give them any place or any time to get somewhere else. Yeah. Then they compounded the problem. So they built all those stackers, right? Terrible. Worst, worst product housing has ever friggin' come out with, those stackers. But they went cheap on that, too. So from an insulation standpoint, they decided to use pink, pink bad insulation. 
which rodents. Well, gourmet food for rodents. Yeah. There were rats in the walls before they were boarded. Uh, before there was drywall put in those houses, there was rats living in them already, and they just didn't do anything because no time, no time, no time. No expense. I'm not paying for Roxall. Simple problem solver. Right? They, rodents they won't, won't eat they Roxall. Won't, yeah, they won't nest in there. No bugs, nobody. Right? Simple, simple fix to the problem. But it cost too much money, so they chose not to. So what did the homeowners do? Because obviously if you move into a new location, you start hearing things. And if you're hearing things, and it's not like creaks or plumbing <laughs> or mechanical, it's it's critters. Exactly. Exactly. So if critters are in the home, yep. you complain. So then uh, this involves Terrion. So then you get other... I think it's actually going to be much bigger than, than we really, can imagine. Yeah. And then there's other things going on up there too, like some examples. So there's a, a particular house on the north side of Dundas. It's only three years old. The exterior brick is brand, falling brand off. Brand new build? Yep. yep. Falling the, off. The, the exterior brick is falling off the walls. Full brick. Full bricks with children who are playing in between the houses. What These are the complaints that the homeowners are coming to the city with. The, the, there's no tire or like what? No there's brick tires? No, nothing? They just don't care. Nobody inspects. Fast, 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 fast. And I'll look over here while you do the work over there and pretend I don't notice. Are we wrong to <laughs> say that this is literally just wads of money being passed around to just look up? That's all it is. As, uh, that's the only reasonable thing, th the only conclusion that can be drawn from this kind of mess. another human being that's part of an organization that's supposed to be overlooking this to make sure that things are safe and the actual definition of the word safe for the end user, for the worker involved during the entire process, it's got to be wads of cash being given, passed around. Of course it is. I mean, just think, if the, if the inspector is the last line of defense, right, between the builder and the, and the homeowner. Preventing it from moving forward. If they are not allowed to say the truth, if they are not allowed to report the things they find wrong, well, what do you think is happening? So shouldn't we start our own impartial third-party assessment Absolutely. on every single property that's been built? Yes, we should. So, okay, fine. Your minister has gone through. The agents have gone through. Your inspectors have gone yep. through. Your builder has done the final punch list and all this. Other. Guess what? Yep. The white knights are coming through now. Absolutely. And, and this is what needs we to happen. get to happens. look at. I believe that 100% is the only way we're going to get out of this mess. Everybody that's in a position to make change has been paid for. It seems from an outside looking in, who is left to speak to? Who's the person left with integrity and honesty that, that has something they can give back to the people? I find no one when so I So how would we get something like that approved? Because you'd obviously have to get, I find it weird. And that, that the thing is that the banks are so, a lot of people will get <laughs> construction loans, right? Mm -hmm. So then they have their own inspectors that come in. They pass by yep. to make sure that you've built as much as you said you're supposed to build so then we can give you the next draw so then you can continue that whole fiasco, right? Exactly. We, all, we all know that fiasco, yep. right? So they only care about what's been built so then we can give you the money for it. But nobody really cares about the end product. No, no. And, and again, the only reason this matters to me in any way, shape or form is because it's us, the people who are buying these homes who are getting screwed. And we're not just getting screwed, we're getting sick. Right? Yeah. Again, with the Hell. north side of Dundas, there are more uh, pending problems with mold. Anybody who's got a Juliet balcony over the front, front walkway has got mold because those pipes are on an outside wall. They, they cheated the insulation, right? They blew an inch. 
Really? No, it's just awful. It's just awful. And it's obvious to anyone who works in the industry. All you have to do is walk into these places and you know exactly what's happening. So what's happening to the bulk of the homeowners there? Are they moving away from this problem? They're getting out of it? Well, I... I, I don't think so. Their hands are tied. I don't think they can. I don't think they can. They, they just they'd have spent to their life it. savings. Yeah. right? Well, <laughs> let's not even get started with that. Because you want to talk dirty. Let's talk the real estate uh, side of things. Because they're, so again, a real estate agent is supposed to be a stopgap. Yeah. Right? They're supposed to have their client's best interests at heart. That means they're supposed to disclose if they know there's something wrong with the house they're trying to sell that person. They do not. They never do. They never do. Because their objective is to sell the property to take and my two and a half percent. That's illegal. That it's isn't it written somewhere that if you know you have to tell, you know you have to tell your client if you know the truth, but they don't because all they want to do is make that sale. When we were talked earlier about the trickle down effect, it is so big. There are no pieces of this whole industry left that are, are not touched by this corruption. And it's tough to swallow because I don't know what any of us are supposed to do about it. So Who's actually doing a good job? From a building perspective? Yeah. Well, I mean, there are some, without a doubt, yeah. right? But the biggest players are dropping the ball. They really? are. They really are. And again, we'll talk just about Oakville. Um, there are issues with flood mapping. They are building in the floodplain. They are doing all manner of things that are not allowed and nobody is stopping them from doing it. So they're building structures knowing full well that these structures will not last decades. Correct. And it isn't a little part of Oakville either. So did you, rec I, I don't know if it was recent, maybe a month or two, no, probably a month ago, that the media actually, I was surprised by, they actually said that Ford's plan to build the 1.5 million homes in the next 10 years doesn't seem achievable now. Oh. Something that I was expressing the moment that he had announced that that plan mm -hmm. was going to happen because I argued you need the workforce, educated workforce. And this is a big thing. First, before you actually tell the public, this is what we're going to achieve. Precisely. You, you don't have the workforce. You don't have this 1.5. Mm -hmm. So now, I guess a, a month or two after he announces that or whatever, and he says, uh, th the media says, doesn't seem achievable. So what does that happen? Like, I mean, if you're hired, you're a business owner, you don't achieve what you sold, mm -hmm. you're terminated, correct? Supposed to be, right? I mean, that's, I honestly think that that should happen to any kind of public official. I could not agree more. But it doesn't happen to any public official. They are literally allowed to live in a pool of incompetence and get paid for it every day. They're bulletproof. It's awful. And then they also get a, a nice Canadian government pension oh, attached to that. Don't get me started. Complete <laughs> security, <laughs> while all of us, are, like we're all on our own. Yep. That's another thing most people don't seem to. Whenever I bring that up, people get very upset. That's not how it works. I'm like, you know what? Do a little research. That is exactly how it works. By the time you want to consider retiring, um, there isn't going to be any assistance. No. I don't care what anybody says. If you're in the construction industry, you better be squirreling your nuts away to survive your later years. Absolutely. That's a fact. Just figure out how you're going to do yeah. that and start doing it. There's a reason why the shit that's going on in Paris right now, adding two more years for retirement, is happening there. Exactly. And I mean, I think if they try to do that here, 
you're probably going to get the same reaction from Canadian hardworking people. I hope so. I think they will. I've been wondering what's taken so long. Why well, are we still sitting here? Because the government, they're, they're using their words wisely and not saying certain things. But if you start talking about increasing the retirement age here, because we know you can't have, you can't have a prime minister that's been, you know, in power for so long, for so little, and doubled the deficit of oh. all the previous prime ministers. Like, that's just, you can't make that shit up. It's that's maddening. Fat. So all of a sudden, if you've doubled the debt of this country... Where's that money going to come from now? Well, they're printing us right into bankruptcy, right? <coughs> and then, I mean, I know it's not a popular thing to say either, but the immigration thing is, is a real, real friggin' concern to the bottom line of this country. Of course, there isn't going to be money for us to retire. We're giving it all away to people who walk through the border for nothing. We give you money for eating. We give you money for your nice hotel. Like, I mean, it's, it's, I have nothing against immigration. That isn't the point. The point is, you cannot just keep giving away the money, money that belongs to the hardworking Canadians to strangers. You can't do that. Eventually, the people are going to get annoyed. What about the argument with the, I'm um, back to the inspections. They don't have enough of a workforce to actually get to all the jobs. Not even close. They don't, right? No. So why can't we hire more people? Great question. We should have quadruple they don't want to hire more people because that's more eyeballs seeing more things well it's hard to not make an argument for that it definitely seems to be the case there is nothing standing in the way of simply hiring more inspectors quick shout uh the builder project is an energy consulting and construction management firm for building retrofits with a mission to increase communication improve collaboration and maximize social and environmental impact they apply a holistic approach to energy and water efficiency in existing commercial healthcare, and municipal buildings throughout the new york metropolitan area they work with building owners to identify ways to reduce energy and water consumption increase comfort for building occupants improved indoor air quality and create healthier environments in addition they aim to create a sustainable business model that supports local jobs and training programs to address the labor shortage. They believe that the best way to support our mission is to create high-quality jobs and provide training opportunities for residents, hiring locally whenever possible, and purchasing goods and services from minority and women-owned businesses. So please check them out at thebuilderproject.com. So everyone knows that I've been trying to get Monty on the show, and I got so frustrated with his team. I'm sure lack of monkeys. I just yep. they're completely useless. And I'll just say it. I don't care because they don't know shit about construction. First oh. of all, you can speak. You know this, right? You've been in the industry long enough. Anybody that's been in the construction industry long enough. You can speak to someone for 10 seconds and know whether or not they know this industry. Right? Absolutely. Or they have a respect for this industry or whatever. So the, the, the lackeys that I've spoken to mm. are completely clueless when it comes to the construction industry. Right. So they they've kept on pushing me. It went from February to March to April. It's being pushed to May. And I just I've had enough of this shit. Right. I want to somehow be able to. Get on job sites, me personally, to see what the fuck is really going on on there. And then I want to share what I saw. That's all I want to see. So good people, luck. I know, but they'll, they'll never allow me on there, right? Well, however, we could go about that in a special way. How? We'll show up with a live camera and let them tell you you can't come in front of everybody. PR is PR. But it works the a, same for us as it does for them. Are you allowed on a property? So you could go to the trailer and ask. You would need to have your safety boots and your of hard course, hat and course. your PPE. Of but course. provided you had those things, you can go to the trailer and you can ask to speak to the super. Anybody can. 
So usually the trailer is across the street from yeah. the job site, so yeah. you're not really breaking any rule there. It's not hard to find. It's not hard to find. <laughs> and all you'd have to do is ask. And But like I said, if you were asking with a live camera, so that when they said, oh, no, we couldn't possibly do that, and then you could say, well, why on earth not? I'm just trying to get a little clarification. I've heard some stuff. You could do a TikTok video and have a deer and a <sighs> headlight and have a person... <laughs> <laughs> and the reaction will Absolutely. be exactly the same because they will not know what to say, but their body language will say everything. Precisely. Because they know that this is not. I and they can't hide anymore. There's too many of us are talking about it every day now. You're not going to get away with this for terribly much longer. I'm, I hope. I, I just, why not fix the problems instead of silencing the people who are expressing the problems? It's just straight up greed. There, there is money. no other answer money. for this. There can't be another answer. Nothing else makes sense. Because the longer From a it moral takes to inspect, standpoint. the longer it takes to release the property, the longer it takes to get the homeowner in the property, means that they make less money because then they're waiting for their money to be reimbursed yeah. from borrowed. They have the inspection thing so, so wrong. The inspector, some inspectors will pass without getting out of their car. See, that's wrong. It is terrible. Other inspectors, and the, and the builders are smart too. So even if you've got a good inspector, but you've got a clever builder. So the builder will pick the one suite on the floor, for example. Say there's 20 suites on the, the, on the sweet floor. Suite? The sweet suite? The sweet suite. Right? The yeah. sweet suite. The yeah. one with the drawing works, right? It's, it's formatted properly and oriented yeah. properly and all that sort yeah. of stuff. They'll pick that suite. They'll rough that suite in. They'll bring the inspector in. The inspector will pass that suite. Then... They will call a week later and say, oh, we're finished. And they're all the same as the first one. And the inspector will say, oh, super. The first one was great. Go right ahead. Meanwhile, the integrity of the people doing the work was never there. So they cheated everything after the inspector passed their stuff. And it isn't even the worker's fault. 90% of the time, they are being forced. Forced to go too fast. Forced to use subpar uh, materials. And then they get fired. If they, if they, if they speak up against the atrocity... They can't can. Not necessarily fired. They also get moved around to locate. If you're union members, yes. you get moved around to locations that are not suitable for yes. you. So this is precisely what they tried to so do to me. So you get pushed out. Yep. Not necessarily terminated, but you yep. get pushed out. Precisely. So my job site was five minutes from my house. They said, oh, no, there's no more work for you here. You're going to need to drive to Grimsby to go to work tomorrow. Convenient. Oh, pff. let's see how that works out for them. <laughs> uh, let me do a little history here. Uh, in 1970, with a workforce of about 83 million, an estimated 14,000 workers were killed on the job, averaging about 38 deaths a day. That year, Congress enacted the Occupational Safety in OSHA. Uh, from 1980 to 1994, a total of 88,622 civilian workers died in the U.S. This is all U.S. Okay. Based, sorry. Uh, from occupational injuries, an average of 16 work-related deaths per day. Uh, the annual total number of deaths declined 27% uh, from 7405 in 1980 to 5406 in 1994. A total of 5,915 fatal work injuries were recorded in 2000, a decline of about 2% from 1999, according to the census. Uh, that's U.S. again. A decline occurred even though overall employment increased uh, 2000 in 2000. Um, where do we rank safest countries to work in? <laughs> what do you think is the safest country right now? Wow. Probably somewhere European like Sweden or Norway. Denmark. 
<laughs> Pretty close. Good guess. <laughs> number two is Netherlands. Number three is Hungary. Number four is Norway. Okay. Interesting. What country has the best health and safety standards right now? I was a little surprised gonna, by this. I, I, in, instinctively, I wanted to say Norway again, just because I know a fair about, about that country, but I, I don't know. Italy. Italy. Well, actually, that's not that surprising. They do have really good regulations as far as their whole food industry, their pet food industry, all that stuff. So it makes sense. What rank? I'm not. Well, yeah, I'm laughing. Uh, what rank is China? <laughs> in, in safety? What number? Yeah. How many countries are there? Uh, well, you know, you know what's <laughs> sad? What's sad is that um, China's at 89. Oh. And um, United States is at 129. That's embarrassing. What about Canada? I didn't get Canada's here on this uh, when I did the Didn't even make the list. So, so far down, we didn't even make the so list. So America's overall peacefulness rating is negatively affected by its jailed population. I have no idea how that... Nuclear and heavy weapons, weapons experts, and external conflicts. So it's, I guess it's a mix of a bunch of stuff uh, just regarding safety in general, okay. right? But it's just, it was surprising to hear that China... I'm shocked by that. Right, but I mean, China's way down the list at eighty nine. I don't know exactly where it is, but I mean, we, as a as a nation, shouldn't we be looking at this data and going, okay, so why is Italy the safest? Why is Denmark, Netherlands, Hungary, Norway the top four? And speak to their <laughs> governing bodies and go, what are you guys doing that we're not doing? You know, that makes me think of because I'm Canadian, makes me think of the, the same exact thing as we should stop studying our indigenous and start learning from them. <laughs> This yeah. is the same same yeah. exact thing. Why do we, we we spend so much money picking things apart in an effort to understand? Why do you got to understand? Why There's do, nothing to understand. Why Learn. Do, when we want to know something, we just Google it. We're not Googling Oakville. We're Googling the world. Right. So why can't we try to be a safer nation? I have to believe that there are great pockets of people in Canada who want that. Of course. I have to believe that. But our, our voices are being stifled. We get fired, we get pushed out, we get swept under the rug, we're told to be quiet, then we get uh, threatened, you know. Oh, well, you be quiet or I'll take your husband's job too. You know, it's, it's ugly and people are afraid and of course that is a horrible place to be. To be fearful, to say your truth is very un-Canadian in my opinion, right? This is the land of the free. Aren't we allowed to say our truth without fear of recrimination? But it's very un-Canadian to make the threats. But it isn't un-Canadian, to be honest. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, it's a catch-22. I know it makes people uncomfortable. They don't want to talk about it. But you cannot exist in your comfort zone, right? Nothing grows there. We have to push the boundaries. We have to ask for answers. We have to hold the people who make these decisions accountable to what's happening to the rest of us from their rules. Is there that you know of, because I know you've done a world of research on this, is there regulations where Joe Schmo from construction can just walk in to a job site once they announce themselves and they are wearing the proper that they should be wearing because if they're a tradesperson, they mm -hmm. would have all that equipment um, and not be stopped. Absolutely. So why can't we start our own little in every single community? You see a job site that you know your friends. We all have friends. We have. Exactly. Know, and they're telling you about certain things that are going on that shouldn't be going on. Why can't you... Just step on that job site and go, listen, guys, I'm going to make light of this. I'm, I'm highlighting this. this That's should, what I think we should do. Every single community should be doing that. 
And, and I really think we should push towards making something like that happen. I was discussing with one of the politicians in Oakville, a, a couple of whom reached out to me after our last podcast, wanted, yeah. to, wanted to learn some more stuff, understand some more of the things. And we talked about, we batted around an idea about establishing, um, for lack of a better term, we'll just call it building trust, where someone like myself, for example, someone like yourself, for example, would be responsible to vet yeah. contractors, right? The point, and so as I know people say, oh, it's just like Craigslist. Well, the difference would be that you're vetted by your competition. Not from somebody who stands to make any money by giving that referral, but by your competition. Mm-hmm. Now, I think there's some legs there. Yeah. And I also think there's a big group of people who would be very interested in that information. I have a, a person I know right now who is, well, I'm pretty sure she's attempting to sue the Electrical Safety Association or authority okay. for the work that was done in her house. The incompetence is mind-boggling. And when she reached out and said uh, to the contractor and said, you know, listen, I, I'm seeing some real issues here. Please don't send this person back to my house. Please send someone else as I do not have any confidence in this person. This is her reaching out to the ESA. Yep. They just sent the same guy back eight times. And he ruined, almost burned their house down. This is a licensed electrician? Again, right? Supposed to be. Okay. How is a person who holds an electrical license doing this kind of work and getting away with it? I mean, I do want to say that having a license doesn't make you perfect. No, but it certainly should give you a, a... qualification to do the job yes right and if you don't if you're burning people's houses down from the negligence of your work you should not be allowed to go to work again tomorrow you should not be allowed to set foot into anybody else's house three strikes and you're out well right wouldn't that be useful like then but this would be what the college of trades is supposed to be for but they're three strikes and you're out they're not doing that no they don't do it at all so now you've got proliferation of unlicensed people on every job site, right? So they lose, so we were talking about earlier, so easily replaced, right? So uh, the bricklayer breaks his leg. They literally go and stand on the street corner with a sign, anybody want work? <laughs> they were paying $49 an hour to block layers on my last job site. Off the street. Really? Yes, Really? But now you start doing that with a licensed trade and you have got big problems and this is exactly what is taking place. Is the college being pressured by political parties to just get the numbers out? I don't know. I don't know what point the college has anymore. We haven't heard boo from them on any topic in years. All we've talked about is that the workforce is low. It's getting lower. In a minute. And there's going to be a shortfall. (laughs) There isn't going to be. There is. And already we're here. still a decade away from replacing what we need today. So then you get us down the road 10 years, we're going to probably be 30 years behind what we need then. So are they fudging the numbers, so to speak, about what's going on? Because I recently found out that OYAP last year or two years ago received $50 million to push out students into the workforce. They're pushing out less than single-digit students into the workforce i recently found out which got buried of course it got buried and and i want to thank a special electrician out there for letting me know about this um that 50 million got bumped up to 77 for 2024 how the fuck 
do you get an organization that's pushing out single-digit people into a workforce that's already getting 50 million to push out single-digit workforce numbers, get an additional $27 million. I want to know where every single penny's going because right now, to me, that smells like that money is going to just hire more administrative people that are just pushing out numbers based on a political agenda. Absolutely. This is the, this is the shit storm that we're living in right now as far as I'm concerned. You got all these people getting paid exorbitant amounts of money to do absolutely it's nothing. It's a shell game. It's a total shell game. And they think we're too dumb to figure it out. We're not too dumb to figure it out. And frankly, they're getting bolder every day with their, they're, they're not hiding it anymore. I honestly think they think people are too stupid to pay attention to this stuff and they're just going to go ahead or and do. they just don't care. I read an interesting article this morning. I was talking about... Uh, 5% of Canada's uh, agricultural, prime agricultural land is in Ontario. Okay. And 1% of, all, of the 5% is considered prime grade A agricultural land. All of that is in the Gordon, Golden Horseshoe. Okay. That's the biggest place that, that the government is looking to build. Right? So, long-term picture here. If you don't have a field to grow the corn... What do you people think you're going to eat? <laughs> it, it, it honestly, what it just it boggles my brain. to bring that food in from another country? We already do this. It's already just insane. Like Canada, the business of Canada is not being led by people who seem to understand business from where I sit, no, right? No, we're no, just, no. we're burying ourselves. Every day they make another decision that puts Canada at risk, Canada's people at jeopardy. You know, they're messing with our food source. They're messing with our water source. They're messing with our retirement. They're messing with our housing. They're messing with everything. I mean, it's awful. But people are not speaking up. They don't say anything. And I mean, I do understand why. Because the fear factor is alive and well. I I watch it every day. However, and you know, it's funny. People say to me all the time, my own dad has said to me, you should be quiet. And I'm like, well, you know what? That just makes me like everybody else. I'm not afraid. Mm-hmm. Why would I be afraid? This is Canada. If I am not allowed to stand up and speak my truth in this country, why are we here? Are we going to pretend, too, that we have a democracy in this country? Just don't with it anymore. It's yeah. over. You guys are busted, and, and you're lying through your teeth about every little thing that there is. How much research do you think a new person trying to get into construction industry does on this aspect of the industry? Probably none. They probably don't even <laughs> consider this factor. Probably not. They're, they're mostly driven, I guess, through schooling or a mentor. They're probably looked at, you know, like you've got a natural skill, natural ability. You're, you'd be a great carpenter, a great mechanic, a great whatever, mm-hmm. right? But I, I don't think that a lot of these kids coming into the industry are actually looking into the negative side of the industry. So f- the, the women have to, yeah, of course, because yeah. it's different for yeah, us. For sure. Um, although I would like to shout out a really super new organization sure. on, on the scene. They're called uh, Women on Site. And they are really getting some wind under their wings and have built a beautiful community for all women who are employed in the construction sector. Good for them. Because, you know, it's often, 
you know, I can't talk to the men on the construction site the same because yeah. they're men, yeah. right? So, and I've never had another woman on the construction site to talk to. So God bless these young people for, for setting up a really important foundation like this because we do need support. Everybody needs support, not just the women. Yeah. Uh, but God bless them, right? And so it's been interesting to read and see how many women there actually are that work in construction because those are numbers we don't talk about either. You know, most people are like, oh my gosh, you work in construction. That's so weird. <laughs> it's so old school. It's so silly to I say. Know, to say that, yeah. I would love, to be honest, to go to high schools and talk to the kids about a life in the trades. I think it's uh, very little is understood. And, you know, there's, a, there's always been a stigma. To be a blue-collar worker, you're less, it's you funny, know? It's funny you saying that because I, I was approached by uh, Helen. I can't remember her name. Uh, Lauren Park. Okay. So they're doing a trade day. I think it's coming towards the end of it. I'll talk to you about it off mic. But um, yeah, so she was asking me if I wanted to go there and speak and if I knew anybody else who wanted to go speak Awesome. There. So she's having classes that are uh, to bring tradespeople in. Good for her. To speak to them because she wanted to actually make some noise about... As we should. Get into the trades, right? And I mean, it's easy to make noise. So one of my apprentices who is now, let's say he's, mm, he's probably 23 or 24 now. He started with us when he was 18. Okay. He bought his first house when he was 22. a boy. It took him three years, three years of working with us to put enough money away to buy a house. <laughs> so don't tell me <laughs> that, that a life in the trades ain't a good one. Yeah. He'll have a full pension retired by the age of 40 friggin' too. Don't tell me life and trades ain't a good one. Yeah. You just don't know what you're talking about if that's what you're saying, right? So then, of course, you have to like your job. And there are a great many of us who do. Unfortunately, there There's seems the to be a permeation section. now yeah. into, into the industry of people with no integrity. This hide-and-seek for 1500 bucks a week mentality is out of control. Nobody can show up on time. Everybody wants to leave early. And few of these people actually... So, it's frustrating for good tradesmen to go to work anymore. So I have a friend who every day his job. <laughs> so a crew comes through and they do the rough in. And 20 minutes later, after they leave, he goes in to fix all the things they did wrong. That's his job? That's his job. So why didn't the crew do it properly the first time? Well, they're incompetent. So then why doesn't the foreman make them do the job properly? So why doesn't the foreman? Why doesn't the owner of the company the care? So this person went to the, waited, after, after hours waited for the, the owner of the company because he knew he was going to show up on site that day. And he went to him and he said, listen, I could really help you on this site. I can save you money. I can bring your project in on time. I can save you thousands and thousands of dollars an hour. Like you're just not getting this right. And I could really, I'd really help you. And he said, you know, if you don't pull your socks up, you're going to get kicked off the job because you're never going to keep up with the schedule. The owner looked at him and said, oh, if I lose the job, I'll get another one. So if the guy owning the company if cares so little, how on earth are the mere workers supposed to make a difference on a job site? It is yeah. truly awful. You'd need every single tradesperson to rally against that. Yeah. And I think... The majority of them would. The majority of, of us are good at what we do. We take pride in what we do. We show up every day to do the best we yeah. have every single freaking day. Like yes. it was my own house. Yes. There's lots of us. But all anybody hears about are, are the ones that are no good. 
You know, they get the, it's always the stories are about the people who cheat and lie and steal. It's never about the thousands and thousands and thousands of us who are awesome at what we do. Nobody ever wants to talk about that, but we should. What about like all the blind marketing attached to these big builders, right? When they sell things a certain way that are never built the way they're said that they're sold. How is that legal? How is it legal? That's that they, a misrepresentation oh of a product. Oh my gosh, it's literally false advertising. Yeah. What about the whole conundrum? And I'm, I'm not terribly versed on it, but I, I know it exists where, so they'll, they'll sell out their pre-con yeah. and then the market changes. So suddenly it's not, they could charge way more for those houses that they did to the people who originally bought them. So they just fold the whole thing. Yeah. Scam the people out of their money, reopen under a new name the next day and sell it for three times more. How is that? legal and the sad part is that if that ever were to happen according to the rules because i remember speaking to somebody that was on the show regarding pre-con you lose your okay so your money's covered and you'll eventually get it but you're not getting any interest attached to that amount but they did but they did because they received the money that's straight up theft and if it's it's been sitting for two or three years and all of a sudden the the, the build goes bust You'll get your principal, yep. but you're not getting any, any interest. So then you basically loan money to somebody who made money off of your money. How can that be legal? That's not legal. That's they not do it fair. Every that's day. Not, they do it all the time. Yep. They do it every day. Another thing I recently heard, which really pissed me off, there's a particular builder, huge builder, and they like to fancy themselves very charitable. They're always giving money here, there, in the next place. Well, I just found out that every contractor who sets foot on that job site and, and gets the job, has to give 10% of the job back to the builder. They're taking kickbacks. They're taking kickbacks and using it to build things. I'm going to get in shit. <laughs> they're taking the kickbacks and they're using so it all for I, their charitable contributions. I, I know exactly what they're doing. They're doing the Montreal Stadium. You got it, Pontiac. That's what they're doing. Nobody cares. And it's blatant if I know. Don't tell me the powers that be don't know. I'm an irrelevant person in the whole scheme of things, but I know. Yeah, but isn't this how we've got such billionaire construction companies yeah, out there? Absolutely. This is how they built their billionaire construction company? Let's talk about, if you want, the uh, EverTrust and the building collapse in Welland okay. in February. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So that building collapsed twice. Right? It collapsed, and then a week later, the other end collapsed again. I found it very interesting that the builder's name was Evertrust. Uh, he's operated out there under many different names, built many different buildings. I think he's missing a letter on that start of that name. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> but he just keeps suing, folding, opening again, building more buildings. Nobody stops him. Now, that particular building... I, I wanted to know what was going on there because I talked about this in the podcast. I said, the shit is going to come crumbling down around our feet anytime now. So I wanted to know what happened in that building. So I went looking in some engineering forums and talked to the, the smart people, the ones who really, really know, right? So this core slab construction that is everywhere in Toronto, yeah. the words attached to that are pattern of collapse. Pattern of collapse. So they know how it's going to collapse. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll explain it because the structure, it'll make you angry. So you've got your steel, your heavy steel structure 
that's the, the skeleton of the building. Yeah. Okay. So let's just say for the sake of argument that the steel beam is 12 inches across. Okay. So you got a core slab that comes and sits down on the beam about three inches. Bearing. And you got this one come over, sits down about three inches. Bearing. They do not tie together. They do not tie to structure. They just sit there. They're floating. They're floating. They're not tied I'm to I'm not an engineer, anything. and I have a problem with that. You should. We all should. So it's fine and dandy, everybody says, as long as the earth doesn't move. Right? Earth moves. So it's, <laughs> it's rotating all the time. I'll guarantee. Well, I shouldn't I say. I haven't been out there, but. I shouldn't say things like that. But <laughs> my guess would be that we're talking a freeze-thaw, freeze-thaw, and that's what brought that building down. Because they kept on shifting it. Yep. So everything just twists, 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 until they separated enough and fell. And it, uh, again, you can look into it. There's many, many people had things to say about it. Intelligent engineering people showing. Show, like it, I, I watched a fabulous thing where they actually circled and pointed at the collapsed parts. Like you could see, they knew before it happened it was going to happen. So was it drawn to be tied together? No. No, this is not how it works. So the engineer already knew. This is, the, this is how Core Slab works. Wow. Then, to back it all up, then they, then they finish the building with styrofoam. Right? What does that do? <laughs> that doesn't do anything know. at all. At least if it was brick or something, there might be a little extra reinforcement. But no, they just slap styrofoam on the outside and call it a day. So like a rebar or a, a, a small pour in between the core slabs, tying the two together, anchoring it. Listen, I, I That's grew up, not enough. I grew up on Looney Tunes and I was fascinated. I'm losing. So hang on. A second. I'm losing. What am I losing? I was like losing my headset. Did I anything to spare? No. Oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I was like losing. Um, I grew up on Looney Tunes, watching them do the hot rivets into the <laughs> the metal ironwork. Right. Like yeah. that's they don't build buildings like that mm. anymore. No. But you you saw that happening. You're like, yeah, a hot bolt being hammered into cold steel. Once it cures, it's never gonna set apart. No. Nope. Never. We don't do anything properly anymore. That's the long and short of it. Every possible thing they can find to cheat because it saves money. So every place that they can ca save five cents, they're going to do it. Is, it. is it the term saves money or makes them more money? Well, absolutely. It makes them more money. It's not saving anybody anything. It's just padding what they get to put in their pocket. And I guess you don't really get the workforce trying to rally because they're already being given peanuts, peanuts to begin with, right? And again, it comes back to they're afraid of losing their jobs. And they, and they should be. Unlike the builder who can get another job tomorrow. And that's just it. And it's funny. Some of the guys that I talk to and they're like, oh, you know, I got to do my best all the time. And I agree with that 100%. Um, but not at the detriment of your health and your safety. Now, right? Which is exactly what is happening. I go back to the Ministry of Labor. Isn't that part of their scope? Of course it is. To protect the labor? Of course it is. It's their whole scope. They are the ministry of labor. Yeah. We are the labor. So you can't wrongfully terminate somebody because they saw something dangerous. And spoke out about it? You can't terminate someone for that. <laughs> You're not supposed to be allowed to. It's written in black and white. It's literally in the law. They're not going to get away with it because they can't do it because it's literally the law. But if the person is too afraid to stand up for themselves or ask for help or contact a lawyer, whatever the case may be, then they just take it. 
and they move on to the next thing and they're replaced so quickly that they don't even they don't even remember their name by the end of the day so who's feeding who anna is it the builders are feeding the politicians or the politicians feeding the builders or is it no i gotta say the builders are feeding the politicians they're buying what to say they're buying what to say and they're buying what they're allowed to be doing too right like the like the as we're just talking about with plowing over the, our, our fields and our food sources and everything else and putting in a million and a half homes in 10 years. <laughs> How? I mean, what happened to the days of like wanting to build greener and having rooftop gardens and having like, a, like we all know for a fact, a green roof reduces the energy consumption of any structure, period. This mm -hmm. has been proven Absolutely. several times in Europe. They yep. do it all the time in Europe. There was people trying to do it here. They never did it. No. I know companies like Zinco, they do it and they try to push it as much, as, but it's an uphill battle, no. right? So like what happened to all of that stuff? Like that stuff's all gone. It's the same argument with building science, like trying okay. to build some better and sealer, like seal it properly. So mm -hmm. then you're not wasting energy. No. I don't think there's enough of us pushing for it anymore. I, I think that there's the, the, the people that are the big are so big now, they control so much. They have their fingers in so many pies that every time somebody stands up and tries to do something well, they get bought out. And then they just take the company and go back to what they wanted to do in the first place, I, the problem's I, over. I was blown away back in, like how far back are we gonna go here? I think we're gonna go mid 90s or something like that when City Place started mm -hmm. downtown, mm -hmm. Spadina. Mm -hmm. And I was completely against putting 20 structures off of one exit off the highway. That made no sense to me. Of course it doesn't. Right, and it, it wasn't 20 structures. I think it ended up being a total like 40 structures or something like that, or plus or something. And they, it's still going. They're yeah. still building structures down there. King Liberty and all this other shit is being. And now you've got like pure congestion mm -hmm. downtown. But now there's there's certain people that are speaking up about leveling that entire space into green space now. And I'm like, how? Well, they won't get away with that. How are you going to do that? Well, they have to have more money than the builders, and they don't. So they won't. It's not going to happen. Never. Never. There's no way you'll ever see any He's talking about saying, selling friggin' Ontario Place again. No, that, that was a whole other fiasco, too, where I, I'd never understand it. So you want to sell Ontario Place to a private organization at, at next to nothing, mm -hmm. and then you want this organization to invest a bunch of money into it and then charge the citizens of this country... <laughs> To enter that organization. Awesome, eh? Like, if that's not a wad of money that's being left on someone's doorstep. That again, nobody says anything. And it's funny, too, because, like, this whole, all the smart city and all this kind of gibberish that everybody's all big on these days. Again, there is an end game there, and I don't think anybody's catching what it is. They're data mining. All they want is every bit of information about every single person who lives in that vicinity yeah. so that they can market their shit to you till you die. Yeah. That's all they want. Stop feeding the beast, right? <laughs> this is not rocket science. Stop feeding the beast and it can't continue to grow. For me, it's a very simple thing. I just don't understand why more people can't get on board. Stop giving your money to people who are killing our planet. It's funny how back in the day, like, you know, Gangs of New York, the movie, mm -hmm. how the five points was such, nobody from middle or upper class would ever even veer off anywhere near that area in New York, of New York City right. back in the day, right? Because yeah. that was such a dangerous place. That's where everybody that had nothing, that's how, you know, like, uh, orphans were left there and all. Like, it was just, nobody wanted to go there. But now if you go there today, it's not like that. 
But I, I could see Toronto. I can see these pockets of Toronto becoming the five points because you're building it a certain way for it to be collapsible. And then people that are buying into this place, the value of that property is not going to be there. So it's going to drop. Exactly. Drop. That's already happening. And then you're not going to get people stay in there that can afford it. So they're going to move to other places and then you're going to get other people that are going to go in there and then it's just going to keep on bringing the value down, down, down. Right. There was an awesome uh, experiment at the science center when I was a kid. Oh, they're trying to get rid of that one too. Well, of course they are. Cause you learn too much there. <laughs> Don't let anybody have any knowledge, <laughs> but there was an experiment. They had three cages. Uh, and in the first cage, there was like 10 rats. And in the second cage, there was a hundred rats. And in the third cage, there was a thousand rats. And in the first cage, the 10 rats, they were very happy. Everybody was calm. Everybody got along. They didn't have to fight for food or anything else. Everybody was content. And you moved over into your hundred, hundred rats. And you know, things got a little, little testy cause same amount of space. Right? So 100 in the same amount of space as the 10, things started to get a little testy, obviously. Move that to 1,000, and it's, it's bloody warfare. They're, ju- they're just killing each other, stamping all over each other. As far as I can tell, this is Toronto. So they happening. have now put so many people on top of each other with nowhere to turn, nowhere to breathe, no room to even... It's awful. People choose it, though, so... I can't say too much because of the people who live there obviously do it on purpose. They must, I like it. It doesn't, it doesn't work for me. I get lots of people like city, but eventually there will come a time when too many people are trying to do the same thing at the same time. And just bloody war is going to break out. I don't even like the core anymore. I can't go. I haven't been for ages and I, I won't do it. I don't, I understand what they're doing. So they'll build a tower. They'll build an adjoining tower, another adjoining tower, and then they'll add their health club, their supermarket. They'll add all the amenities that you need to live, and then you stay in that right. five-block area. I get it. And then you get on your phone to discover life. <laughs> and then once in a while, you get on a plane to discover a place, and then you come back to your area. That's not living. That's not no. experiencing shit. That's not it's living doing, in a zoo. Yes, yeah, that's basically what it's. Yeah. What's the difference between that and prison? At this point, you're being told where to eat, what to eat, when to eat, where to drive, where to walk, where like it's. But again, as long as the people are okay with it, but people are going to continue get away with it. A lot of money off of these scenarios, right? No. These real life scenarios that are being unfolded oh, right now. Absolutely. And then if they fall apart 5, 10, 15 years down the road, it doesn't even make 15 years. No, and this is another huge problem, right? <laughs> what do the people think is going to happen when it does fall apart? Because it's not a when, or not an if, it's a straight up when. Well, that's so now why you, you, you paid all the money, right? And you're, and you're in your beautiful place and it collapses or whatever, right? The bricks fall off, your kids are sick from mold, you're leaking everywhere. It doesn't matter what the problem is. If you're a homeowner and your brand new house has a problem and nobody will help you, what do you think happens to the psyche of that person? Now compound that by everyone. <laughs> Come on, guys. What do you think is going to happen? It is not going to be pretty. When, it, when this shit <laughs> lets go, it is going to be something like we've never seen before, in my opinion. Uh, building code talk. Is a building permit required to build a shed? Yes. Well, it depends on the square foot. I suppose under under 100 square feet, no. Correct. It's actually 160 square feet. You don't you don't need a building permit, right? So well, they've upped side. it. They've upped it a bit, right? Because I guess people started building a lot of sheds or uh, bunkies mm. and things mm-hmm. like that, right? How close uh, to a property line can you build a shed? Oh, geez. I don't know. 
Uh, sheds, if you're thinking about building a shed for tools or even a shed, a she shed to escape the rest of the family, there are rules around these as well. Requirements in each city will be different, but frequently sheds can be built closer, can't be built closer than five feet from the rear property line or two feet from the side property line. Well, two feet. Two feet. Is there even two feet between property lines uh, anymore? These days. I mean, I there is where I live, but I don't know about how <laughs> high, how high should a shed be off the ground? Wow. That's a good question. So they're saying four to six inches off the ground. I guess just from wicking moisture. Mine's eight. Yeah. So you got a little bit better there. Avoid pre prevent uh, moisture accumulation yeah. from the bottom of the structure, right? Uh, do I need a concrete slab for a shed? Well, if you were smart, you would want to put one. Yes, exactly, right? <laughs> Only when your shed is to be located in an area that is below grade and the rest of the yard. should Yeah, concrete shed uh, or concrete pad is always best. So yeah. little building code talk there. Where do you want to go from here, Anna? Well, uh, well, so many things to talk about. I know about. so many things you want to talk about, but you can't talk about because I know you've got some shit going on and all kinds of stuff and you'll keep us posted as it's happening. And well, yeah, I mean, things are going to, things are going to get interesting. First of all, it's sure. still shit what happened. Yep. Because you saw health and safety concerns and every tradesperson, for the most part, everyone has two eyes Yeah. Um, and um, they see it too. But not everybody speaks out. Oh. You spoke out and then you were pushed back. And you were supposed to speak up and not, you were supposed to be supported. Mm -hmm. Right? And you're not being supported. Nope. Not by my employer, not by my union, not by anybody. And, and this is a problem for me. And I'll, I'm happy to talk about this. Why do I pay a union? What is the freaking point of being a member of a union if I come to you with a problem? You, they kept me two and a half hours, lovely meeting, two of the business managers, a lovely time. <laughs> Haven't heard from them since. Not even a follow-up? Not even a I've emailed them. Haven't heard one word back. Are they still assessing things? Oh, they're just ignoring me, hoping I'll shut up and go away. <laughs> Joke's on them, though, because I am never going to do that. So what is the point? And uh, like uh, everyone knows how unions used to be great, in my opinion. And then like anything that human beings touch. Yep. There's a potential corruption. Right on. I don't give a shit what it is at what time or what era, what Absolutely. century. If a human touches it, there's a potential of corruption. Absolutely. That's it. We have, we have places in our union now that are appointed as opposed to elected. Appointed. Mm, isn't that sweet? What is the friggin' point, once again, of having a governing body if we're just going to appoint the people who no, sit on the board? should be elected. Gross, right? At all times. Gross. But again, wow. but if nobody but me is ever going to talk about it, where does anybody think that we're going to go? We need more people to stand up and speak up for their rights. And I know that you've had a lot of other union members and non-union members reach out thanking you for speaking up. Yeah, absolutely. But they're staying quiet too. So, yes. In fear. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Um, a, a bunch of podcasts have been spurned. <laughs> From from okay. the first time I came here with yeah. you, I've had five or six invitations nice. to, to go and speak with other people who want to talk about the same thing. Um, actually, so most of them have either been um, workers that have left the trade altogether because they couldn't just had enough, just couldn't stay with the program. You know, again, if you're an integral, honest person, it's very difficult to show up every day and lie. I know I couldn't, which is why they got rid of me. 
right? I'm not doing this. And I'm just going to keep calling. I'm going to keep ratting you out. I'm going to just keep on doing it because this is what a, this is what the right thing to do is, Yes. right? But I don't know, how did we ever get to this place where everybody's so goddamn scared of the government? They're just puppets. They're not even qualified puppets. Why are we afraid of these people? We voted them in. We can vote them out. They're just people. But I don't know. There seems to be a lot of people putting them up on a pedestal, let them be all illegal up there and stuff, and I don't get it. They are corrupt as the day is long. They show themselves every day to us. They don't even try to hide it anymore. But we all just said, oh, that's good. You guys do that, and we'll just vote for you and give you all our money. Oh, I'm not doing it anymore. Is it a little boys club? 100%. Like once a newish person gets in there, they're introduced to all the other boys that are, this is how it works? Of course. I mean, again, how many times can we watch the same thing play out and not know that this is what is taking place? The worst thing I see is when someone comes in, they use certain words or phrases to get elected. (laughs) And then they backtrack on those words and phrases then they're still elected. And we don't complain. We just elect them again. Although I got to say, I was pleased to see that there was, I think I heard yesterday, 47 different people have thrown their hat in the ring for mayor of Toronto. (laughs) But 47, at least people want to come out and try. I took a little bit of hope from that. Just, I don't think the numbers have been like that in years past, right? So at least maybe, maybe some people are starting to look. Maybe some people are starting to say, hey, Maybe I can help. Maybe there's something I can do. What about the argument of like you get in there and you become corruptible? Well, of course, this is that is the whole the whole game, right? I've had all sorts of people even say to me, "Oh, you talk a good game now. Wait till they offer you a cushy job." Well, so for me personally, I don't care. Money is not the driving force in my life. Yeah. So you're not corrupting me, and you're not going <laughs> to. I have integrity. I come from a family. I, 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 it matters to me that the things I say are true. It matters to me that the things I do are done the very best that I know how to do them. No amount of money is going to change that for me. I'm not selling my integrity down the river for five bucks. However, we live in a world where people either fear money or want it more than anything. Well, if you're in one of those two camps, you're pretty easy to buy. Yeah. Right? So... This is a personal thing that people have to come to terms with their own relationship with money to understand what it is for, what it is not. Because you can't be corrupted if you understand these things, right? I mean, I get that people would like to be rich and have all sorts of money and think it would solve all their problems. Of course, it would be lovely to have more money than I needed. I'm the same as everybody else. It would be terrific. But I need to sleep at night, and that is far more important to me than any dollar signs in my bank account will ever be. In all your years of construction, you see something. You ever had a moment there where you're thinking, mm, it's okay, it's good enough? No. No, because no. that's not who you are at your core. No. But there's probably lots of tradespeople that see it, and they'll just carry on with their day. Not only that, but they'll give me shit for caring. Oh, my God, why are you going to waste your time with that? Oh, you're making me look bad. I, I hear that all the time. Oh, my God, you're making me look bad. you got to slow down. Oh, you messy up your stuff a bit. You're making us look stupid. Nobody cares. So instead of stepping up, they're asking you to step. Yeah. And of course, so I always tried to change that. And so because I was a a female, in some respects, it worked out for me, right? Because I I would say things like, or my my teammates would say things like, you're getting your ass handed to you by a girl, dude. Step up your game. And a lot of times that would work. 
Yeah. In all honesty, people don't want to be shown up by a girl on a job yeah. site, right? So a lot of times when I was at work, it, it, it stepped up the whole job for me to be there. But the complete opposite is also true. I could also be absolutely hated on a job site because I cared too much, because I was always going to go, not the extra mile, just my job. I, I don't go the extra mile. It's work. I'm a crazy person. But you paid me to do this job. I will do this job to the best of my ability every single time I show up for work. No exceptions. These are the tools that I have. These are the skills that I have. This is the material that I need. This is the scope of work I'm going to achieve. Yep. Period. I heard a funny story the other day about, uh, <coughs> so it was about a concrete pour. Okay. And uh, so something had happened. A whole bunch of trucks had come in to, to do a pour on a site. And something, I can't remember what what kept them from being able to pour right away, but there was a two and a half hour window from the time the concrete truck showed up to the time they actually let go of their load. Okay. Well, you can't sit with two, two and a half hours worth of concrete and then pour it. I mean, come on. Well, they poured it anyways, right? So there was a, the a super on site. <laughs> I think the head super had gone on vacay. So the assistant super was on site and they just rolled over him, right? He didn't know better. So they, they rolled over him, they poured Thankfully, an engineer had come in to inspect two days later, and when he looked at the report and he saw that the wait time on the concrete was two and a half hours, he made them chip out the entire floor. <coughs> Sorry. Good for them. Oh, totally. I, was, I applauded all day when I heard it because this is the kind of thing that should be happening all the time, but is not. And that's not a good thing, right? I mean, you can't <laughs> this is now the foundation and, and the floors and stuff of a building, and, and you're just going to pour two and a half old concrete and call it a day and hope for the best? That's what they're doing. Some safety. Some safety. How are you not going to complain about something like that? How is our ministry, our government, not caring that the builders are erecting unsafe structures? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. How come nobody cares? goes back to the builders are funding the politicians. Absolutely. You can't bite the hand that's feeding you. I heard, and... This is just a rumor, but I heard that uh, <laughs> I heard there was 17 provable donations from builders and developers in the last mayoral election. Here. 17. 17 proven. Nobody cares. <laughs> Why do I feel there's more? Well, I'm sure. And this is, again, right? And, and we tell, we know it's happening because look at the things they're doing. The, the constru- construction in Ontario is an unmitigated disaster, as far as I'm concerned. And the government's response is to build things faster. So it was funny when you're talking about the labor shortage. This is one of the biggest problems there is right now. So they have these, obviously, schedules. Worst word in friggin' construction is schedule, right? Because it's completely unrealistic from the day it starts. It's unrealistic. It's, it's written by someone who doesn't work in construction, right? <laughs> To look at it as, a, as an insider, there's no way that the people who write these schedules have the slightest idea what happens on a job site. And the word safety comes before schedule. <laughs> it should. Only in the alphabet. Yeah, yeah. it should. Only in the alphabet. So, they, so now you've got all these unskilled workers. So it's one thing to ask skilled people to go really, really fast. That's one thing. Yeah. But it is a whole other kettle of fish to ask people who have no idea what they're doing to 
do that at 100 miles an hour every day. It's a recipe. It, and that's all that's happening. That's all that's happening. The corners that are caught, the steps that are missed are going to take lives. It's as simple as that. So that concrete pour, that's one incident that was caught. How you many can only weren't. imagine the you ones that have been blinded. Exactly. Exactly. And it goes on and on and on. Of course it does. And it could and if it had been, you know, this was a young, inexperienced super, but if it had have been an older super, he might have been paid to look the other way. So but I mean there's there's also a bunch of okay, so you got the engineer who caught it, but also, okay, the truck driver who's leaving the yard who knows what time like listen, I've I've interviewed concrete people. <clears throat> they know when that mix went in. What time exactly. to the second? They know when that truck arrived on site to the second. They know how good that batch is for how long. So, I mean, the truck driver should have said, I can't pour this. Absolutely. They all the trucks should have walked away. Stopped. Yep. But instead, they thought, oh, this kid will never know. Let's just go for it. Get sign home. I want to get home, sign yeah. the paper, all that stuff, right? Again, I'm not painting the whole industry with one brush. That's just a particular no. example. But... I have to believe this kind of stuff happens literally daily. It's right down to the coffee trucks. I mean, those guys are paid off too. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so That's sad stupid. too. I it's know. crazy. It's very, very sad because those guys are going to be extinct one day. Exactly. And they're barely staying afloat as they're it is. How much money do you money think there is there? Oh, they're, they're, you know what I don't hear anymore and I don't even know if they exist anymore is the sharpening guys. No. Well, actually, there's one in my neighborhood. Is there? Yeah, he's a little old fella, and he comes around in summer. He rings a little bell on his truck. But I only know one, and I only know him because he's on my street. But he's going to, that sound is going to disappear. That food truck is going to disappear. Uh, but it's sad. Like you mentioned before, those food trucks, are, are they have to kick back to the builders. And I'm like, that's bullshit, man. It's that's fair. Like, that's no different than just, like, collecting mafia, you know, protection money. Let's call it what it is. This is a straight-up criminal enterprise. There's no if, ands, or buts. But then, how it. is it that we're still allowed to have a premier who's who's? It's blatant about this. I don't give a shit what you say. You yeah. can you can argue all you want in the media that oh, there were invites to my sis, my oh. daughter's <laughs> wedding or whatever. No, there's there's no there's there's money being exchanged. Period. Here. And we all know because you had people buy certain pieces of land that were not available to be built on before you announced that they're going to be built on. Absolutely. I have a lovely little map showing the proposed. Uh, or the green belt what's crap. that what's the number is that highway 411 or something i okay. can't remember what it's called yeah. uh and then on either side of the highway it shows who owns all those parcels of land give me a friggin break and this is public knowledge just go look you don't have to take my word for it go look wow it is i mean like i said before they're not even trying to hide it anymore and we just keep electing the guy like, not me but it's I don't know. When did we ever get the idea? It's almost as if our citizenry seems to think that our government is a savior of some kind. I, I, I'm hopeful to think that the majority don't. But I think that the majority don't want to ruffle feathers. Well, does the majority realize what's going to happen when they just pluck all their feathers? But, <laughs> but they have their house and, and they're fine. But they keep forgetting that um, they might have children. And those children might have to buy a property one day. And they're going to be buying a property that was built by one of these people. That was approved by these politicians. That was inspected by these ministers. And it collapses. Yep. And maybe, and I'm not wishing it, your child loses their life as a result of this. 
whether working in there or living in yeah. there or being near there. And you could prevent that whole thing by speaking out because you think that everything's fine right now. But no, everything's not fine. Your children or your children's children might put themselves in a situation that you could have avoided. Yeah. I'm not even sure it's going to take that long. To be honest, it's not going like, to gonna gonna be much. Yes, and it's not going to be I don't even have grandkids yet. It's going to be before that. This is, we're on the verge, as far as I'm concerned, of disaster. But let's just throw in more buildings. Let's well, just. What's, what's the alternative? The alternative is to fight this Goliath mm-hmm. and try to change the whole system. Like, I tr- trust me, I love the idea of just showing up on job sites and yeah. being an impartial, impartial third party yeah. saying, listen, that's not right. Nope. That's not right. And then speaking up, right? Yep. We should we should con- seriously consider doing that. We really should. And then sending that video to the politicians. Absolutely. Well, send it to the politicians at the same time that you send it to the media and see who actually steps up and, and does something first. Oh, and that's the thing. I think we're poised, actually. Our, our timing is brilliant for this sort of thing because we have we have stirred it up. People are, are looking. They're talking. They want to know more. Uh and I mean, I could open a consulting business tomorrow from the amount of people who have asked if I can come and help. I don't want to do that. I'm not, that's not my ballywhack. But there's a part of me that really wants to because I could help. Yeah. You know, I have a, a girlfriend who just, uh, just bought a teardown in Oakville and she's going to build a new house. And she's come to me and said, you're going to have to tell me who to hire. And I'm like, yeah, well, you're going to have to keep that a secret. <laughs> <laughs> people are going to be knocking on my door now and I don't have time for this, right? It's true. <laughs> but it is, and then like the bidding wars that are going on in real estate in Oakville right now would make your hair curl. It's, it's worse than Toronto, right? Way worse. It's worse than, than COVID. Really? It's gone insane again now. Absolutely insane. We're talking teardowns that are selling for $1.9 million. On decent sized lots or... I mean, decent enough. It ain't worth 1.9 million bucks. Just for the land. Yeah. And then you're going to still spend another two mil to build. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if you got the money, knock yourself out, right? That's great and fine. But if it's not, and here's the other thing I don't understand. How is a bank giving you a mortgage on something that you're buying that is not valued at what you're paying for it? This is what happened in the United States. When everything collapsed because they took all the mortgages, but then the houses were no longer worth the paper they were printed on. Well, see, the sad thing is that Harper prevented that, but Trudeau is feeding it. Exactly. Exactly. And it is going to be a thing. It's already a thing. It's already a thing. It's just, like you said, people are safe in their little, in their little spot in the world, so they turn a blind eye. And I, I understand the desire to turn a blind eye. I really, really do. But we cannot make change if we don't pay attention. We can't make change if we are afraid. We can't make change if we stay quiet. And we can't make change if we turn a blind eye every freaking time. Somebody has to stand up and talk about this stuff. Because it affects every single one of us. Right? It isn't even about, well, it's kind of the people against the government almost. Last thing that anybody that's in construction wants to hear is of another fellow tradesperson being injured or die on a job site. Absolutely. Right? That's the last thing we ever want to hear. Right? That that changes everything for the day, for the year, for everything. It just like you yep. don't er- and if you can somehow prevent that yep. just by getting the powers that be to start waking up. Would you believe it if I told you that in my life I've actually had two people die on job sites 
In your construction life. In my construction life, two people have died while I was at work. That's two people that should not have. No kidding. And the second one, the first one was a straight up, well, it was, it was an accident, but it shouldn't have happened either. Um, the guy was trying to do another guy a favor with his forklift, and he missed putting it in park, and he got down with the hose to pump up somebody's tire, and the forklift just drove over his head. Uh. It was awful. But the other one, and it's interesting because I never heard... I never heard the end result of this, and this happened right here in Oakville. Yeah. And there, and if I will, I will be furious if nothing became of it. But there was uh, the building is right on uh, Old Bronte Road, okay. and this was four or five years ago, maybe. So they were. It was a brick laying block laying company, and they were erecting the fire stop wall okay. in a row of townhouses on the third floor. Right, so it was a three story stacking townhouses and they were erecting the fire break it was two young young men uh working alone shouldn't shouldn't have been alone shouldn't have been unsupervised but they were and the long and short was they had erected this wall not the kids the kids were clean up they had they had nothing to do with putting up that wall the wall was erected with not a single brick tie the wind blew the wall fell over and squished the kids one of them died one of them didn't didn't make the paper there was no bracing on the wall. There they was, was not a single brick tie, not a single, nothing. No steel, nothing. Supposed to have it every four, no, four to six courses. So again, if this is, like, that's just one example. Yeah. What if that's everywhere? What if that's every block wall that's being erected? Because no one's paying attention. But what's the four person doing? What's the site? I don't, so in my opinion, the block lane company should have been put out of business. Yeah. Right? Should have had fines so massive that they couldn't even dream about coming back to business again. They probably reopened the next week under a different name. I mean, I don't know. Right? I never, like I said, there was no. Yeah, but the majority of what happens is that they'll just declare bankruptcy, shut it down, and then open up a new business. 100%. Because the insurance will be too much for them, and then they start all over yeah. again. And how is that legal? gets away how do you get away with that like where are the checks and balances where are the stop gaps to prevent this stuff from happening to our citizenry i don't understand how everyone is allowed to get away with this so easily but i also don't understand how all right fine all this city infrastructure is being built and we know that all of this wads of money is being handed mm -hmm. how is it not that the builder not feel responsible to at least give some of that money to the workforce doing the work too greedy it's just greed it's Straight pure up, greed at that point i don't see anything else standing in the way why of is there being not a, a bonus attached to the work okay you've done an amazing job it looks beautiful past every single inspection we're proud yep. the word pride came back into the the toolbox Here's a bonus. Yeah. There are bonuses, but you need to be high enough up the food chain for them. I'm talking about bonuses right down to the yeah. low person Never gonna happen. on the pole. Never going to happen. And this is kind of stuff I've been talking about for a long time because my husband and I are very good at what we do, and we have brought many projects in before they needed to be done, under budget, under time. Never been rewarded for it once. Now, mind you, the company I've worked for have gotten other jobs from us because if, oh, if they're going to be the workers, we'll give you the job because holy cow, look what they do. So they use but your data to get always, more work. Always, 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 Because always. they, you know that they're doing, they're turning around going, listen, this job was scheduled for this X amount budget that, but we pulled it off for this and we got it in time by that. Absolutely. So you guys were responsible for that. 
but then the upper are taking advantage yeah. of it. Which, I mean, that's how the games play. It's fine. I know, but why not spread some of that wealth? Well, um, and am so, I just being naive? No, and it's funny because from a business model standpoint, companies that reinvest by into their employees Workforce. with those bonuses yes. and whatnot yes. run happy companies with six successful companies with happy employees. Yes. We know it's a proven business model that works. So it's just pure greed. Straight up greed. I'm not giving you five cents of the money that goes. I'm in my a pocket. net worth of a billion dollars right now. But if I do this deal, I'll be net worth of five billion, 10 billion, 20 billion. And let's not, I mean, I, I got to also think that at that stage of the game, at the, when those numbers, right, the regular people like us, we can't even contemplate. That's why when they talk to us and they always use those ginormous numbers because regular people can't paint their head around that number. It's too big. I don't know what that means. I don't yeah. know what 10 billion looks like. Yeah. I can't even 10 billion ants. How many, like I can't, right? It's too big. And that's precisely why they do it. But I think something happens to a person's brain when they have that much money when they have that much power. They start to truly believe that they are above the rest of us, that they are godlike or, or something like that. And then they start behaving that way. I and I think this is literally where we're sitting right now. These people believe they are superior beings to the rest of us, right? That they are allowed to just go ahead and make ridiculous rules and demands and everything else. And it's fine because I'm special. But they're nothing without the workforce. Which, Whether talk about cut bad. off your nose to spite your face, yeah. right? It, none of it makes sense. It, none of it makes sense. So now, on top of the labor shortage, you got a mad supply shortage, mm. okay? But the supply shortage is driven from the fact that there's no labor force there either, Yeah. right? So it doesn't matter how far down the food chain you want to go, we still need the people to do the work. If you piss us, every single one of us off, <laughs> who's going to do all of your bidding? I know, but it, so most of these builders are all union driven. So in, believe it or not, in Oakville, at this moment, 50% of the construction projects in Oakville are non-union. Really? You want to know why? Why is that? No fucking workers. Really? The union can't staff the jobs. Where are the workers? Well, it's, they're not part of the union. So, so they're, they're taking leaving the union for a variety of... Not necessarily leaving the union. They may never have been. They've never been. Okay. Never have been in the union. 50-50. So I've never heard of it being 50-50. Yeah. I heard that recently. Again, I'm just repeating something I heard. I haven't no, but personally that's, researched that's that. That's interesting. But but I mean, because right now Oakville is a boom. A lot of work. Oh. And you've got a 50-50 split. So, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That's surprising. There's, there are some surprising job sites that are non-union in this city. Big ones. So I must be making some of the builders a little nervous. Well, it, would, it should be making the unions really freaking nervous, right? Because the whole point of a union is to have the best of the best in the trade. Of course. Well, if you're not turning that out, how long do you think your union is going to stay afloat? It won't. I could see that 50-50 start to skew towards. Especially if you don't have to pay nearly as much money to have those people do the work. And if the Plus, work is as good as we're doing. And in situations like yours... They don't back you. Exactly. I mean, yeah. am I wrong to say that a non-union situation like that, they you probably would have got more support? I don't know. Hard to say. The, the only real difference there is when you go to fight them. Yeah. Uh, there's differences if you're a member of a union or not when it comes to trying to get what you want. Yeah. There's differences there. I don't. You know what? I hear a lot of non-union people who love their jobs. 
right? Especially if they have a good employer. And a lot of these employers now, they're, they're starting to do good things, right? They're setting up um, the RRSPs and, yes, and yeah. benefits and this sort yeah, of thing yeah. and matching. They're trying to match. Trying, exactly. right? Well, if the allure of the union is all the perks, but now you've got non-union entities that are going to offer those perks pretty close to what we're getting. So why not? Why not? I know. Not only that, but I mean, from a pension perspective... We pay the union a lot. millions of dollars a year a lot. to manage my pension. I know. That really pisses me off. <laughs> you need one person. Maybe a, We certainly don't need millions of dollars. This is the person's job. It's what they do every day. They make a salary. It is not millions of dollars that we have to give them. Plus, I have to wonder, why, if it costs so much, why isn't my shit way better? <laughs> You're not gonna, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's like everything else. It used to be, I mean, there's always been corruption in, in unions. I mean, they started from a place of corruption way yeah. back in history, right? Yeah. But my experience with my union has been very, very good up until now. Um, but I think I mentioned last time, it's old guard, new guard, right? I, I've been around a long time. The, the union members, the presidents and whatnot, when I was coming up, were good. The people now, I don't even know who they are. I don't even know if they've ever worn tools. So the good's been pushed out. Absolutely. Uh, some green book talk here. What are the top five most common workplace injuries? Oh, so probably falling. Trips, slips, so, and falls. Yeah. Number one, yeah. being struck by or caught in a moving machinery. Oh, no, number that's number two. two? <gasps> Vehicle-related accidents, number three. That doesn't surprise me. But number four is fire and explosions. <laughs> five, repetitive stress and overexertion injuries. The fact that that is number five and not number two or three is, is very telling. Uh, true. You're killing me with the fires and explosions at number four. four. What the hell? What is the number one cause of workplace injuries? Uh, Liberty Mutual found that overexertion is the leading cause of workplace injuries. Of course, you're pushing people too far. Wow. Uh, <sighs> what causes 90% of all workplace injuries? According to recent studies, 80 to 90% of serious injuries are caused by human error. Today, employers emphasize the importance of safety and accident prevention, and yet every year, many workers are seriously injured or die while on the job. Uh, the number of preventable work deaths increased 9% in 2021, totally 4,472, in addition to preventable fatal work injuries, 718 homicides and suicides wow. occurred in the workplace in 2021. These intentions, uh, intentional injuries are not included in preventable injury estimates. Why would you put those in there? Because it just makes the numbers go up. Absolutely. And I do want to make, uh, it's, um, there was a recent tradesperson that a lot of us knew, and, and I, I got reached out to, and he, um, young guy, he committed suicide. I'm so sorry. And, and I'm, uh, that's one that I knew of. And I knew him through Instagram and, and social media. He would always reach out to me and ask me <sighs> questions. And I, I, like I said, I've always answered anybody. But then someone reached out to let me know that, you know, um, so-and-so passed. And I was like, sorry to hear that. And I'm like, that's one person that I'm knowing about. But I know that there's a lot of suicide in construction. Uh, a lot of people have their own things that are going on. And we don't hear about it. No. That's all. But there's a lot of people across the country yep. that are going through some rough times. Absolutely. And then you've got a job that you've been passionate about for either the start of your career, the end of your career, the middle of your career, and then you're going in and you're being told to just not give a crap about anything anymore. Yeah. 
which adds to your life and what's going on in your life. Like, okay, well, if they don't care about me doing what I'm supposed to be doing and I don't care about that, so then I don't care about this. And I don't. It's really awful. Just reach out to people and just make sure they're all good. I mean, I've had some people recently reach out to me and just say, listen, I haven't heard from you in a while. It's like, listen, I've been quiet on social media because I've just started to pay attention to my life is a lot more important than what's going on in social media. Exactly. I mean, I do the show. I enjoy doing the show because I like sharing other people's stories and what's going on in the real world. And if we can help out other people, then great. But I don't need to be liking and commenting and staying on social for no. hours a day. That's not. It's a giant time suck. Let's call it yeah, what it is. So I rather just, I want to enjoy my life. Right. Yep. But it was, yeah, it was hard to hear about that. But I mean, uh, yeah, so the, these are scary. In all honesty, they should be zero. It should be zero. But the suicide thing, you know, that's that's not even hard to see. Like I, on my last job, there was a, a gentleman and he came to me one day. He was terribly upset. And we were friends. And so I could tell by his face he was unhappy. I was like, what's the matter with you? He said, oh, I can't work anymore. I, right, so angry. And I'm like, tell me what's the problem. He said, the goddamn block layers are cutting in the underground. They don't have the water on the saw. They don't have a fan. They don't got nothing. It's just a giant cloud. Everybody knows Concrete dust is carcinogenic, and I'm just breathing it, and no one cares. This is the kind of thing people put up with every day. Now, you're being forced to walk through an area and inhale what you know is going to hurt you. But it's your job. Do it or shut up. Come on. This cannot be allowed. And again, it happens absolutely every day. There is no safety. There are probably great companies who care very much about their safety and have meticulous reps. And God bless them. But we need it to be everywhere. Everybody has to Not be. just some. It has to be all of them. Every single one. The last site that I was on started in October. There was not a visible safety rep on site till the day after my accident. Really? No. I never got oriented. There was no safety orientation on site. No safety rep on site for four months. I'm sure there was a person's nope. name attached to a line item on <laughs> a, on on the oh, paper side of the business i'm sure there must have been a name somewhere but when i actually went and said where i'd like to get my safety orientation uh the first person said yeah we don't do that and i said oh that's very interesting so then i asked somebody else a couple days later right and you know what they said to me they said oh there's a qr code you're supposed to scan it and do it yourself <laughs> that's their safety rep now <laughs> that's what they told me so I just, I didn't do it because I'm like, nope, I'm, I'm not doing that at all. But then after, the, after my accident, it wasn't an accident, but incident, mm-hmm. um, and of course there was white hats in front of me when it happened. So I complained. That was on a Friday. Monday, they took me aside and said, oh, you're a troublemaker. You shouldn't have talked to the builder. You should have come and talked to us first. You made everything way worse. The plumber got written up. As they friggin' well should have been. Yeah, hit me with flying concrete. Are we not paying attention to the actual cause? <sighs> it was just, I'm the problem. So the thing that kills me, because I had complained about this specific problem four times in the, in the two weeks leading up to that incident. Four times. You cannot just chip holes in a building ab- above the people that are working with no watchmen or safety tape to let us know. Yeah. Because when you smash it and it comes flying out, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Right? So four times I complained. Nobody said, oh, I had to shut up, shut up, shut up. So this time it bounced out, hit me. Right? I was walking down the hallway, flew out, hit me in the leg. So I spoke up. Right? That was on the Friday. Monday, they took me into the room for the little chit-chat. Tuesday morning, there was finally a visible safety rep on site. And Tuesday afternoon, I was told there was no more work. 
after spending the last week delivering 24 sweets to Ruffin. become efficient when that happens. Right? Oh, it's amazing efficiency when it suits them. There wasn't a fire extinguisher in the building. So fourth leading causes fire and explosion, but there's not even a fire extinguisher in the building. And I called them out on it in the safety meeting. I'm like, where's the air horn? It should be on every floor. In every stairwell. Yeah. Where's the fire extinguisher? Where's the air horn? Oh, you have a cell phone. I'm like, oh, that's super. So I'm bleeding out and I'm in shock, but you should, I should dial instead of just give a little, like, shut up. Yeah. Cheap, cheap, use your, and well, the cheap, well, it's, it's like you said, it's not cheap. It's how much more money can I put in my pocket by ripping the rest of you off? Yeah, that's what it is. Right. Back to what you were saying about there's a certain thing that happens to a person when they start making so much money, they just become a certain type of person. It's sad. Where do, you got a busy year now. What do, what else you, you got a lot in store for the next few months? <laughs> a lot happening. You don't. I don't. You you don't want to share so much on what else is going on. But we got to wrap up the show. Um, but I mean, yeah, you, you're going to keep on fighting this fight. I am going to keep on fighting this fight, and I'm absolutely going to advocate for better building practices in Oakville. Uh, I want to establish this building trust. I want to. I want to move forward with that. I want the people in Oakville to have a place where they can go to be guaranteed that the person who comes into their house to do this work will do what they've been asked on time, on budget, and properly. I think you should call it building trust. I, d- I did kind of name it that when <laughs> I talked to the politicians. Of course, they wanted to run with that, and I'm like, and I'm like there can't be politicians involved. I'm <laughs> like, that defeats the conflict. entire purpose. It's, it's a conflict of interest. It cannot be anyone who stands to gain yes. from the recommendation. That's why it has to be me. Yes. It can't be all these other special people. It's just going to be little so start Anna. Creating, start creating right? building trust inspectors. I'll right, be, I'll something. Be one, I'll be beautiful, one of yours. beautiful. I'll be, I'll, I have no problem. I'll walk on a yeah. job site. And I think I think it's terribly relevant, very very important, and really something we should try and do. I'm really good at making friends. <laughs> I can tell this about you, Manny. I'm really great at making enemies. No, I'm just teasing. I'm pretty good at both sides. I look forward to getting on these job sites, and, and then I have no no accountability. I don't yeah. I don't have to speak to the politician. I don't have to speak to the builder. I don't. I just want to. I'm there to see what I you're like building. It. I think it's a damn good. I idea. literally just want to see what you're building. And if I see something that's wrong, I'm going to photograph it and document oh. it and discuss it. Oh, absolutely. Then guess what? The only uh, option is to build it better. Wasn't that a crazy thought? I have so little faith in the in it taking place. I just don't even I don't even know what to say. How do we um, How do we get a hold of you again if someone wants to reach out to you through TikTok or? Yeah, so I'm answers with Anna pretty much on everywhere on social media. Yeah, and uh, which has been very interesting actually. <laughs> a lot of people get a hold. Which is wonderful, and I love that, you know, and now there's this big, beautiful, like-minded community of people who want to see change made, who understand that they're, that as citizens, it's our responsibility to get involved. You know, they try to tell us, stay away, don't, don't rock the boat, don't fuss, don't make any noise, don't ruffle any feathers. I like ruffling feathers. But as, many, as much as we need the tradespeople to rally this, we need the We need the homeowners. You've always said That's got to be more. Homeowners. Yep. It can't actually come from the tradespeople. It has to come from the end user. Yeah. Because that's who the government's going to listen to. They don't care about us. We're workers. We're useless. But those homeowners, that's everyone. That's every single, well, not every single, but darn close to a majority of the population of our country. Yep. If we could get them all on board saying the same thing, it really wouldn't take that long to affect change. Yeah. There are more of us than there are of them. Let's go. Okay, Anna, we're going to wrap it up. I don't, we've done the 12 questions. So we're all good with that. 
That's it. Beautiful. Always Thanks great. for having Always me, man. Always great to see you again and just chatting up and then come back on the show whenever you're ready. Perfect. Thank we'll you so much. More. All right. We're out of here, Angela. Thanks.